Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Are You Black? Hey, Aisha, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, when this episode actually comes out, we both will actually be out of the town. So, yes. everybody, this is why we do things in advance. That's right. Sometimes you need some vacation, you need time to just relax your mind and just get away. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Aisha, I have a question for you. Um, kind of open up all the episodes with a question. As a child, what were your favorite movies? Oh, okay. Favorite movies. Man, I'm going to have to go with 101 Dalmatians because I love dogs. So wow. that was my favorite. Yeah, love the Dalmatians. I actually had two Dalmatians growing up. So my parents oh. really, yeah, they really played into it. Oh, wow. Uh, so um, that Corella movie that's coming out, you're excited for that. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that, that was me. I had a little Dalmatian flip flops and like a little overall. And like, that was, that was me. So I'm going to have to go with 101 Dalmatians. Of course, my top movie is any, any 90s baby knows like Lion King is just timeless, right? Like, so Lion King was definitely my like number one. Um, yeah, King I was a big Disney. I was a big Disney per I mean, because I really liked singing and then I mm -hmm. like movies. Didn't really like cartoons too much, but I really did like uh uh I was a person because I like to listen to the, the songs and then learn all of them. So I would like I had like a little I'm such a nerd. I had a little notebook that I would write down all the lyrics to every song because I was Poe and we could I I couldn't actually get the album, but I could get mm -hmm. the video. And so I would just like play the video and then write down all the words and then go back and learn all the songs. It's okay, crazy. that's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cute. So I, I know every lyric all, to every song. Like I'm a Disney kid for real. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be. I mean, Disney is like Disney, right? I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna have to say, okay, my third one will be Jungle Book because once again, I was just like, I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid. Like, that was my dream job. Oh, I wanna be a veterinarian. So, um, anything with animals in it, I love. So, Jungle Book would probably have to be my third. Okay. Okay, cool. I've, I've, I've only probably seen the Jungle Book maybe once but i saw what? the remake especially since the... you love music you had to do, but it, I, those songs just didn't really um it didn't really grab me not those songs not like the other ones i mean come on we're talking about beauty and the beast aladdin uh lion king uh, yeah. come on those, little mermaid <laughs> those were just like classic like song songs it just mm -hmm. the bare necessities just didn't hold up yeah to all the other great songs are out there. The bare necessities. <laughs> Come on, a whole new world. A whole new oh. world, bare necessities. Come on. Well, I, I think it was fun. It was upbeat. It was very, you know, moving around. And once again, if you are a kid who loves animals, it's like, oh my gosh, like every yeah. animal in the jungle is like singing and dancing to move, you know. But no, I definitely, honestly, like, I just feel like any of these movies that just came out in in the 90s and the 80s that are just like classical animated with good music, every kid just fell in love with them. Like we we were really blessed. We were really blessed with some we good movies. We really really were. Um, me, let's see. So probably two of my favorite cartoons and movies. Um, cartoon was. One, one was X-Men, 
but the other mm. one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh. I loved <laughs> Teenage. And then when the, that movie came out, boy, if my sister or my mom was listening to this podcast right now, they would know. You could not tell me that I was not the sixth member of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I did not know how to do karate. I didn't know how to do it, but I loved it so much. It was like, I, I you would have thought after that movie that I learned how to do karate by just watching them. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And my best friend, my best friend at the time, his name was Lee. And mm-hmm. um, he was actually taking karate classes um, to, to the, if you fast forward now, we're both 40 and he's like, triple black belt um sensei of his own dojo in california and you know i'm just over here you know designing flyers (laughs) (laughs) so no i really i really always had a liking to um um martial arts stuff like that even though i never did it um and then the other my one of my favorite movies was the karate kid Mm, oh yeah karate kid was a good one the original karate kid anybody and everybody if you were a, a young boy around yeah. that time when that movie came out, mm-hmm. that whole kick moment that Daniel's son does at the end, everybody has tried to do it. <laughs> you you would be lying to yourself if you did not try to make that kick happen. Oh, yeah. Because it was just, um, I just really loved the whole wax on, wax off, and, you know, <laughs> catching the, I tried to, I got, my dad taught me how to um, use chapsticks just so I could practice and see if I could catch a fly. Oh. Trust me, it was that serious. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I really did. Um, and even to this day, like, when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out. Oh, yeah. I was hooked because I was like, oh, they're like live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they're like, they're also teenagers. But to me, I just loved it because uh, it was like one of those things that uh, my entire family watched that show. Oh, my, wow. My, my yeah. mom and dad would get off work. They would get off just early enough. We would watch it as a family. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, th- I'm talking about the original cast because they've had so many iterations mm-hmm. of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, it's still on today. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I didn't know it was still on today. I would be completely lost you know, I'm I'm the original Red Ranger, the original Black Ranger, <laughs> you know, uh Tommy the Green Ranger, you know, <laughs> all of that, all of that. I I was locked in. So I've always loved martial arts. Always. It is a beautiful thing to see. And I think every kid has wanted to like whoop somebody's butt <laughs> with martial arts. Like, really. <laughs> yeah, even if you couldn't do it, you you was like, I saw I'm gonna try. What's on? Right, I'm gonna try. <laughs> so, but it never worked out for me because once you do start fighting, all of that goes out the window. That's a fact. And, and you start windmilling. <laughs> you just start windmilling. You went all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Try right. to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, guys, I, I know this is kind of funny, but um, this episode we're going to be talking to someone who that is his entire life. He is. Um, an actual sensei, and he's going to come on and kind of talk to us a little bit about um, a local black business that you may or may not have heard of. But trust me, he has been in the game for over, uh, it's, it's been some years, and he's had uh, over 100 students that have come through his dojo, and it's right here in the RDU area, Clayton to be exact. So guys, just uh, sit back. I'm, I'm sure you're going to learn something today. 
So I'm going to take this moment to look up the definition of a sensei really quickly. And we'll see you guys um, during this episode. Stay tuned. Hey guys, this is the Bay Shift RDU Black Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on the handle at RDU Black Podcast. That's R-D-U-B-L-K Podcast. We post regularly, so make sure you stay connected. All right, guys, and uh, we are back. Uh, we have a wonderful guest today. Uh, like we said in the intro, this person is going to answer the question that I've always wanted to know. Do you know Donatello, uh, Leonardo, Michelangelo, and all of the people that I grew up in my childhood? Do you know them personally? And can you tell me when we can get together? Because I'm going back to New York really, really soon. <laughs> we are having, for the first time, a sensei on RDU Black. Let's just say RDU Black is diverse, okay? Like we have a little bit of everybody. And that's what I love about highlighting all these awesome black owned businesses is that, you know, we're so multifaceted as people. Like we're, we're talented in everything. Name it and we're talented in it. Absolutely. So uh, Aisha, let's cue them up. Absolutely. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have Vanguard Karate. Vanguard Karate seeks to develop the student mentally, physically, and emotionally through the practice and dedication of Shotokan Karate. Their goal is to allow their members to thrive and grow within the expanse and traditions of karate without sacrificing the individuality of spirit that we all possess. Their staff is made up of a group of talented and creative professionals who are passionate about providing the best martial arts school in Clayton, North Carolina. They offer the tools and supports necessary for the students to reach their full potential. Sensei Gary Crawford leads the team and continues to be a beacon of light to their students so that they have the chance to exercise their minds in ways that they've never seen before. They only use the best and most advanced teaching methods to activate the minds of their students and help them absorb all the information presented. Learn and have fun all at the same time with Vanguard Karate. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Sensei Gary to RDU Black Podcast. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Put it together, put it together. Hey. <laughs> All right, good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, Sensei Gary, if you could uh, tell us just a little bit about who you are um, and a little bit about what you guys are doing over there at Vanguard Karate. Okay, well, Gary Crawford is my name. I'm originally from Philadelphia. I've been in uh, Raleigh for 22 years. I started in Shotokan Karate. Yeah, I've been here for a minute. I started in Shotokan Karate, um, obviously, about 22 years ago. I started late in the game. I was 35 years old when I started in martial arts. I'm now 57. So a lot of people will say, oh, man, it's too late for me to get started in something. And it's never too late. I'm the oldest guy in the dojo, and people are still having to keep up with me. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so what? So Shotokan Karate is is you know what I what my style. People get caught up in styles and things like that. You know, martial arts is like is like a, a fruit. You know, banana, apple, oranges. They're all fruits, but they all have their different tastes, their different textures. So Shotokan. Um, originates out of the Ruku Islands between China and Japan. 
And uh, so they have their little flavor. China, Japan, they were always battling each other. The Ryukyu Islands are the five islands between those islands. And those guys were at war with each other. And whoever won that war at that particular time took dominion over the Ryukyu Islands. Because, you know, you think about it, you got these islands between these larger countries. And that's a port. It's a port. You know what I mean? So they'll go in and do their trading, you know, set up shop, do whatever they had to do. But these show, these Okinawan people were always uh, stuck in the middle. And they had to learn how to defend themselves without the usage of weapons. So that's where open hand style martial arts comes from. That's where Shotokan literally comes from. Oh, wow. And Sensei Gary, I was reading a little bit about what a sensei is, and it's, it's not a title that you're supposed to take lightly, I hear, I as I read. And it's, it, you know, it's a title that your students give to you. Um, and it seems that it's a title that um, the person who holds that, is, you know, they're very honest, they're very honorable, and they're a role model uh, for, for their students. So, you know, how do you, what experience do you feel like you have bought to the table? and your teaching style that has kind of helped you to earn that title and earn that respect. Absolutely. Well, thank now, you. Also, well, and and also, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but for those that don't know what a sensei is, can you also please define it? Well, okay. Well, we'll start there. Sensei just ultimately means teacher. And yeah. it's just an, uh, a way of saying my teacher. So sensei, whatever this guy's name is. Now, um, I'm actually a wrenchy. And my, my official title is Renchi, R-E-N-S-H-I. And Renchi is um, a, a title that was is granted to me as you reach a certain level. So I'm a fourth degree black belt. I'm actually between fourth and fifth. So when you reach a certain level, you start getting a different name. So you'll get Renchi title or, um, you know, there's a Hanchi title for like those who are or Shihan, like uh, if you're a sixth degree and above, you're titled this. If you're a seventh degree, you're titled that. But ultimately, for me, you know, didn't even have master and all of that. But I don't get into that. Um, I don't, I'm not all worked up about titles. I have a black belt on. You have a belt on. This guy's wearing a belt. That doesn't mean I'm the toughest guy in the room. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. You know, there's a lot of tough guys out here in the street. And those are not the people that we want to be um, influencing ourselves or influencing our children. That's so that's right. what I tell people. Let's, let's not get all wrapped up in the title and the belt. You know, let's just be the very best person that we can be. So Vanguard, Vanguard Karate, when I opened it, I actually just fell into it. And I always tell people and I tell my students that sometimes you just have to get out of your own way. So yes. I was um, uh, just a, I was a brown belt. I never really liked, I didn't want to be a black belt. I was cool being the brown belt, doing all the black belt stuff, but just <laughs> in the back, you know, just standing in the back of the line without any responsibility of it. So then Sensei one day comes up to me. He's like, yo, Gary, uh, when are you going to take this black belt test? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, Sensei. I, 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 oh, you scared? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> if you scared, go. say you scared. Yeah, exactly. You know, I dare you. You know, double dare you. You know, that kind of thing. So I went on and, and, and passed the exam. And it was pretty stringent and all of that. But it, it worked out well. And uh, so at one point, that dojo uh, ended up closing. So I, I started training. I didn't know what to do. So I started training in Taekwondo. But that just wasn't really my... Um, you know, where I was, you know, a lot of times people want to be, um, have their hands in everything. 
and there's mm-hmm. enough in Shotokan Karate, you know, just more stuff that I don't know yet. And I've been doing this stuff for 22 years. And there's oh. plenty that I don't know. So I'm not going to run around here trying to grab titles and belts from different styles. There's plenty right here to know. So anyway, um, I moved to a school in Clayton and I, I actually had my son with me. I have a, I have a 20, I have, I have four children or well, they're four adult kids and all of them were in martial arts. Um, my 26 year old nice. is a third. De- yeah. My 26 year old is a third degree and my 23 year old is, uh, he just graduated, um, in, um, October and he'll be taking the second degree. Hopefully, um, you know, that's up to him. These are all their choices. You know, this is, this was my dream. It's not theirs. If guys want to follow the lead, let's get after it. You know, that's my thing. So anyway, I was there and, uh, I was just watching the instructor with all these kids. And I said, this isn't right. I'm a black belt. I should instruct. That's our mm-hmm. responsibility as black belts, as senseis is in order is, is to teach, to instruct. And to do it in a manner which is respectful. So I just asked him if I could take his lower level kids. Da da da. One thing led to another. They gave me a class. One thing led to another. They gave me two or three more classes. Next thing you know, they offered me the dojo. And um, wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But you know, I wasn't really ready for that. And it turns out that that karate school closed. So I moved to a rec center. So I did all the rec center stuff. I started at uh, Apollo Heights in Raleigh and then I moved to Roberts Park and then um, I moved to Barwell Road Rec Center and I walked in there and I told, they were just building and I said, look, I'll guarantee you uh, full capacity. I can bring in here 50 kids. Um, All I need to know, I just need you to open the space and we'll go, we'll do 60, 40 because let's do business. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, you know. Money up front. Yeah, I'll get the 60. You get the 40. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Hey, let's do business now. You know, so all you had to do was unlock the doors and let me do my thing. So after a year, I started, I I walked into place with 10 kids. And after a year, I had 60. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of times, so like I'm saying, a lot of times you just totally just have to just get out of your way and let the spirit, let your creator, let your talent, let your character and yes. effort and all of that stuff guide you. Yeah. You know? So after that, um, they just so happened to be opening a shopping center not too far. So I ran back to the parents. I said, look, we can hang our own flag. Let's do it. So we raised money. I mean, those parents were wonderful. I nice. mean, we, we raised about uh, maybe $23,000 and, um, you know, and I brought equipment. I brought mats. I did all of that and we opened up and I was at that location on Rock Quarry Road um, for ooh, maybe nine years. And um, yeah, about nine years. And then I just moved. Well, I didn't just move. Uh, four years ago, I moved here to Clayton on Highway 70. And um, it's been fantastic. I have, I currently have uh, 70 students on the roster. My wow. age range is from four years old. I have little, I had four year old, but I had to get out of that one because, you know, four year olds, you got, that's just going to turn into romper room. So yeah, let's just absolutely. <laughs> I was just, I was just Ooh. telling Naveshi before we even started is I used to nanny and I had a three year old that I used to keep and I took him to karate every week. But I told, I was telling him he was like a different kid when he went to karate. He, I mean, he was excited. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. And he oh, his, I mean, he was, he was excited, but like when he That's got good. in the room and he saw his sensei, he saw his teacher, he was serious. Like he, oh, he, he cared about what he was doing. He wasn't oh, just yeah. running around. Oh, yeah. uh, so I love, thing. 
I love yeah. to see the discipline. I love to see his attitude just change when he got into karate class and he's seeing the older kids, the eight-year-olds and the nine-year-olds, and he's like, oh, I want to be like them. Oh, it got man. real for him. It, 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 he wasn't playing. That's he was not playing. <laughs> and you know, we, we got to start our children out young. Yes. We have to start them in discipline. So I have a five to seven-year-old. That's my little samurai. Eight to 10-year-old, that's my youth program. 11 to 17 are my teenagers. And then my adults are, you know, 18 and above. And I speak to everyone in Japanese. Wow. And my expectations are for them to learn and develop. Because I want them to, once we put it in our minds, we put it in our spirits. Yes. Now we put it in our souls and our body. And now we can do. And I'll give you one of the main reasons why I do it in Japanese. Because there's a logo, you know, just like Starbucks, right? Yeah, you know, I hate to use that, but let's just think of that. You see Starbucks, <laughs> you know the coffee is going to taste the same way Absolutely. in Greensboro yes. as it tastes in Richmond. Yep. It is what it is, right? right. So right. when I tell these guys, you see a Shotokan logo, which is a, a tiger. If you see, once you see that, if you're still in it, if you're training anywhere in this country or anywhere in the world, if they're doing Shotokan karate, you can do what they're doing. And I'll give you an example why. Um, about six years ago, a guy, a student of mine, he was graduating high school. He earned a purple belt here. He enlisted in the Navy. Guess what? He gets stationed in Okinawa, Japan. He sends me a text. Mm. Yo, Sensei Gary, I'm in Okinawa and there's, you know, dojos here. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, should I go in? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know, but I told him, don't wear the uh, purple belt that you earned with us. Wear the white belt. You know, mm. at one, out of respect. And two, you just don't want to go in there like, you know, a karate move, you know, da, 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 you know, it's not <laughs> so let's just go in there and, and let's just see what you do. So after a week of training with those guys, they put him in the, in the, they put him back in the belt that he earned with me nice. and he's over there training with the Okinawa. So guess what? That's awesome. One, he's an American. Two, he's an African-American. Do you think they took it easy on him? Oh no. Oh no. Hell no. They didn't take it easy. They gave him everything. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? They gave him everything. So when I say Age Uke, which is a high block, he's able to do that. Yeah. And that's what I tell the kids. So this is authentic. This isn't, you know, some made up kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if you hang in here long enough, you can reap some huge benefits. So getting back to the kids, my big thing is character, self-control, focus, concentration. I want the students, all of them, to feel good about themselves and yeah. good enough to walk away from a threatening situation and not feel demeaned or yeah. feel like they have something to prove. You know, there's yeah. a lot of tough guys out here in this world, but those aren't the ones that we want influencing our kids. Like I said, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's some people, you know, talent can only take you so far. It's your character that will take you higher. Yes. Yeah. You yes. Know? And I tell these, I tell the kids all the time, yo, you know, it's basketball season. Guess what? The the greatest basketball players aren't in the pros. They're high school legends or they're city legends. They're playground guys now because they didn't have the discipline or the focus or the character to take them to the next level. Yeah. That's the issue. And when I'm talking to these kids, I'm talking to them from a spirit of I've been there. 
They're yeah. 50, I'm 57. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to be my age or even your age. I don't know how you guys are. I don't know how old you are. Don't tell me. But <laughs> you, you, you didn't get to be your age a complete fool. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? There's a And when I'm talking to these kids, I'm talking to them as a black man. Because people seek me out. They're like, well, I'm looking for a martial arts school. And I Googled it. And I saw that you're you're a black man. And I want my child to have that. Mm-hmm. Why? Yes. Because I'm telling you there's a pothole down the road. And you can either go in it, go around it, or go over it. You have choices. But I've, di- I've done all of that. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, understand? Yeah. Yes. And I tell these little guys right now, you're six years old. But in another three years, you ain't going to be so cute. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is that is the truth, you know, particularly in this climate in which we are living in. Yeah, yeah. Right. So getting back to the whole thing where I'm saying I want them to be able to walk away from a threatening situation and not feel demeaned and feel like they have to represent themselves violently, because when you're doing that in school, everybody loses. Yeah, exactly. If I win the fight, if Joey wins the fight and little Stevie was picking on him, but everybody's suspended or expelled. Win, yeah. lose, or draw, everyone loses, correct? And I asked them, oh, that TV that you're watching, or when you open up that refrigerator and it's full, are you paying for that? Hmm. No. Then you don't have a reputation. Your job <laughs> is to be a good son, a good daughter, a student, a citizen, and all that other stuff. Right. All that cool guy, leave that for the cool guys. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, um, so I, since, you know. since, since I Gary, um, you were kind of alluded to it before as a black man um, running this uh, black business. What is it um, that you, what, what would, what is it that you have to say about the black owned businesses in this area, primarily um, doing something that I guess stereotypically black people aren't used to seeing in that particular arena. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, there's times where I find myself, I have to do a lot of convincing, you know, unfortunately. And just like in many back, you know, I have to over service. You know, you know what I'm saying? I can't get paid enough for what I know. And I'm not bragging, but what I'm saying is you can't pay me enough for what I do. Yeah. Mm. It is what it is. You know what I mean? And if we, if we walk like that, Let's let it be known. You can't pay me for what I'm doing. I'm providing a service and this is what I offer. So what we have to do is obviously oversell. We have to over service. We have to convince people to come our way. And once we get them in there, this is when we go to work. But a lot of times our challenges with black businesses, I'll just say it, is sometimes we're not trained in customer care. Wow. Customer service. And that's the key. Because yeah. what happens with us is we get our feelings hurt real quick. Oh, mm. I didn't like the way that black business treated me. So I'm done with black business. Mm. Uh, we just talked them. about yeah, this. We, was just we talking literally about this. just talked but, about that. But they will literally keep going to the Walmart. See, I and said they just, the same thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, you know, they'll just slide the food across the... De- the exactly. Uh, or, you know, we'll Great. go to a, a, a Chinese joint. Oh, and they reach the food <laughs> through the glass. Yep, exactly. But we'll keep going there. We'll keep, keep going. going there. Keep you know, going. so it's amazing to me. So, you know, so, hey, it is what it is. Like I said, I own, you know, I've been doing this for 20-something years. I've been owning the dojo for almost uh, 16. 
and I own another business. I have a commercial cleaning business as well. So all of that stuff, you know, you only get one time to make a proper introduction. You yeah. only get one time to make a first impression. So my yeah. first impression is right off the top. Let's get after it. Kind of walk us through um, a day one with a new prospective student. How are you like preparing them okay. um, as a new student to this? It might be something brand new and, or what, what does that day look like? Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to introduce myself. We're going to give them the rules and the etiquette, the dojo etiquette, meaning we bow, you know, we show respect to each other. I bow, I bow to this student as a sign of respect. This student bows to me as a sign of respect. You know, we start off right there. So, you know, I'll give them an introduction. They'll get a vocabulary sheet. They'll get their they'll get their curriculum that they have to practice. You know, so if you're a, a yellow, a white belt, you start off as a white belt, obviously, and you move to yellow, red, uh, orange, green, blue, so forth and so on. And I don't I don't hide. I have a I have a curriculum. Here it is. Let's not make this a mystery. This isn't, you know. 12th century feudal Japan, you right. know, here's the information, study it and let's get after it. So my thing, when I'm walking a person particularly a, a, a young student, because there's always trepidation, like, Oh, is this going to be like the karate kid movie? Or is this, is this going to oh. be No. Yeah. Stop That's all what... that. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah, there's, no hey. flipping. there's no flipping. There's no flying through the air. There's none of that. Trust so, me, that so that was that one of my uh, sensei sensei. Uh, that was like one of my favorite movies. So that's what I'm. Ex um, I, I would be expecting, but you know, you're tempering my expectations. You're yeah, bring it down, brother. Bring it down. Anybody doing that? That one leg, you know, that one leg join that. Uh, what you call it, Smith did. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually had one of my. I actually had one of my students. Uh, was when we were doing a tournament several years ago. The kid walks out, they bow, and they're getting ready to spar. The did the kid does the, the his opponent does this big somersault and flips in the air and stops and goes, oh! and my guy just looked at him, bang! Boop! You know, so just cut it out. But you know, my thing is what I try to do is ease a lot of the ease a lot of the trepidation. You know, we're not in here to fight. We are learning how to defend ourselves, but we put combinations together and that kind of stuff. And more than anything, I have to ease a lot of parents' mind when they come in because they're like, oh, are you going to be teaching my baby how to fight? Absolutely not. I've been doing this for 25, 20, almost 25 years. I have yet to get into a fight in the street. Now, I've been threatened. I've been called names. I've been challenged and da-da-da-da-da. But I have the opportunity to walk away. Both of you, both you guys stick out your arms. I can't see you, but stick your hands out. All right. Everything from your fingertips out is somebody else's business. Everything from my fingertips to my shoulders, that's my business. Mm, I like that's that. That's right. That's Does right. That make sense? That it makes does. sense. Now, start, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so this is what I'm so, when we're walking ourselves through, the kids get something called, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Oh, okay. Um, we uh, there's keyhone, there's keyhone, which are basics. So they all go over their basics, and then there are forms called kata that they all have to memorize, and that's how we do it. And be honest with you, the kids love it. Um, all yeah. my children have nicknames. 
Um, I got a kid named what do you got? Thanos, Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. No, no, Silver, I saw. Uh, I, I saw one. You said foot. I got it. I, I, I saw that one. You said have one named Double A Battery, Reese's Pieces, <laughs> Sugarfoot. Um, where did the where did you um get the idea of giving all your kids nicknames? Well, to be honest with you, giving them a nickname helps me because I can give you a nickname because I can't remember the name you uh, the parents gave them. So it's a whole lot easier for me to just call you, you know, Big Pockets or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hot Fire or something like that. And the, guess what? The kids love. Do I get a nickname, Sensei? And I'm like, yeah, you can have one. If you don't come up with one, I'm going to come up with one. So you better come back with something. <laughs> so I got a little girl named Oreo Cookies. And <laughs> yeah, so um, giving, giving a kid a nickname, that gives them agency. Now they yes. own. And yeah. now this is my karate name. This is what we're called, you know, that kind of thing. So they really, really love it, you know? And that just, that just makes, brings the whole thing to a family atmosphere. What, what what would you say is your secret to success in creating this family and highly recommended business? Uh, just being my authentic self, you know, just being who I am. I mean, I'm a pretty outgoing guy, um, but what, what parents see of me is the vulnerability of what I'm doing. Because when you're out here in front of people, you're learning how, you know, you have to speak to people, you have to address everyone differently. You know, I can't talk to every child the same way. However, I do expect them to perform. And the parents, the parents are expecting them to perform. You know, so what they really like about it is that we work together. Parents will call me all the time and say, hey, sensei, when uh, such and such comes, I need you to talk to him or her because he's got too much to say at school or he's not following directions when I ask him to clean his room. Yeah. And man, do they hate when that happens. They're like, oh my God, don't tell Sensei Gary, because guess what? We're gonna talk about it. And if grades aren't up, or if you got or if they have too much to say, I'm gonna snatch that belt clean off of them and put oh, it wow. up there on the wall and put it up there just like it's flag day. And they hate that. They come in here crying, like, oh, you're gonna take my belt. I'm like, yup, because you got too much to say. So we work in conjunction with the parents. Yes, we can hear you. And and that to me is exactly the definition of it takes a village to raise a family. It takes a village to raise children. And so I love that you are so involved in the community and involved in the kids that come to Vanguard Karate and that you work with the parents one-on-one. -on -one. And so I think that that goes into bettering our communities, bettering the communities that we live in um, when they have people like you who the kids need that other positive reinforcement from someone outside of their parents. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it, hey, what does it come back to? That village concept, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you ask your students often, what is your why? And I'm sure that at first your students have to stop and think past the obvious. But uh, since like Gary, what is your why? What does this art form mean to you um, so much? And why is it important that you pass it on? Well, I'll tell you, my why is I feel that I am truly walking in my purpose. Uh, my why is to grow and develop as an individual. I get so much from the teaching. These people don't even realize how much I'm getting from them as an instructor. They think they're getting that I'm giving, you know, that they're getting so much from me. I'm getting that much more from them because this girds me. This gives me the power. It gives me the agency that I need to move forward. And when you're helping someone, doesn't it make you feel good? 
It does. Yes, it absolutely. Does. You know, and, and that's really what it's about. If you're down, you're depressed, you're low, go help somebody. You don't need to sit up there and boil in your own pot of misery. Go cut somebody's grass. We'll clean something. Do something. <laughs> Do something. Do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, you know, now on, on the personal level, you know, um, you know, I had, you know, I had a very tough time. I was a, I, I was a, wi- I'm a widower and my mm-hmm. wife passed away suddenly uh, five years ago. I'm sorry and to hear that. I, I shut the door. Yeah, oh, thank you. I was married for 24 years. Um, wow. I shut the, yeah, I closed the dojo for a week. Yeah. And then after a week, I'm like, I need to get back on the mat because this is where I belong. So when you find your why, when you find something that's healthy and makes you feel good, you get back out there and you get back out there and get back on the horse or on the bike or whatever and get back at it. Yeah, That's yeah, my thought. That's my feeling. That's motivation. And I think that that's Absolutely. awesome advice for anybody who owns a business right now and anybody who has experienced a loss as well. Uh, well, if you right. said when it finds when you find your why, it is your motivation and that's where your purpose is. And so Absolutely. if you don't, if you feel like you don't have a purpose, if you feel like you don't have a drive, then you could just completely stop and shut down. But what happens if you don't have your why? What happens if you don't have a motivation? Well, you might physically be alive, but spiritually, mentally, you might die in other areas. And so you I will. Believe, that mm-hmm. is beautiful. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, you'll and you'll just be stuck. You'll just be stuck, and you're you're wondering why while while the world goes on. So you only have an op. You have op. You know, our our time on this earth is short. Yes, it it's is short. It's brief. So what what kind of noise are we going to make to develop ourselves and develop our community? So what I do in my little area of the world with my martial arts experience. It expands. You know, I use the example. You know, when you have a puddle of water, right? You take mm-hmm. a pebble, you throw it in the pebble, you get the one ripple. Then you get a second ripple. You get a third ripple. I'm the pebble. Right. I'm the pebble. I'm going to create this ripple, and it's going to go larger and larger. I have students that come back to me. I had a kid that just signed up that came back to me. I haven't seen him in 10 years. He was nine years old when he left. He's now 19. Wow. Wow, that's, that's he told crazy. me, Sensei. I really need to. I had another guy that graduated high school when he was eighteen. He's now twenty nine. Mm-hmm. I have another one who was who was uh, when he left. He was seventeen. Now he's twenty five. So mm. if I was if I was somebody who didn't care, yeah. who didn't give them that spirit and that backing and where they could come and feel love, they wouldn't come back to me. Nobody cares how much you know until they know that you care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. So, Sensei, you talk a lot about your work with the children, but can you talk to us a little bit about what you offer adults so that those that are listening to the podcast, maybe they're, you know, interested in being involved some type of way. Uh, what what services do you offer for okay. adults? So the adults classes meet on Monday and Wednesday from seven until seven thirty. I mean, seven until eight thirty from seven o'clock until seven thirty. It's a full body workout. All I have right. battle ropes. I have a fire hose back here. We have the weights. We have the bands. We have the exercise balls. We have the weighted balls. We're doing core, up, down, push-ups, sit-ups, the whole, everything that I can think of, I'm killing them for a half an hour. (laughs) And if they're not cussing, if they're not cussing and rolling their eyes at me, I'm not doing a good job. So, you know, so from 7 to 7.30, we do that. And then from 7.30 to 8.30, we get into the karate. 
So as you, and the, the adults have to do the same thing. I, my expectations are for them to grow and develop and learn their stuff too. You know, adults come for different reasons. You know, maybe weight loss, maybe confidence building, even discipline. You know, adults need mm -hmm. discipline. We all need yes, it, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yes, we we do. all need discipline. So let's get some. Let's get that discipline in so we can do other things. I also offer, I also do ladies fit classes. I do that every, uh, every uh, couple of, couple at least twice a month. Uh, we do that. And with the ladies fit classes, we pull out the bags. Um, we pull out, the, we do a whole exercise thing. We pull out the bags and let you ladies get to work, start smacking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to sign up for that. Yes. Oh, you come. Yeah, you need to get that off for you. <laughs> okay, so actually, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I actually have a one of my parents also is a Zumba instructor, so they'll get me for about 45 minutes, and then they'll get 20 minutes of Zumba. And then we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll have a few vendors here. There's a lady that, like, I'll have a guest vendor or three of them. And they'll come, all three, black-owned businesses. All right. And we'll, I'll let them set up tables in the lobby of the dojo. So after we get finished working out, let's come over here and chill out a little bit. And, and yeah. you know, you know, get together and talk, you know, because that's <laughs> what it is. We all need, we need safe spaces in order to be what? Free. So we yes. can be who we are. That's important. Tell That's me important. about it. That's important. Um, you do not only just those events, but you also do ninja nights and movie nights. And I saw right. one other event that you do called Spooktacular. Oh, please tell right. me about those. Oh, now. OK, now, <laughs> you know, everything's COVID now. So we hadn't really been able to do that. So the ninja night is a is a parent drop off program. We'll do that on a Saturday and usually run it from like six to nine. And it could be anything. We might pop a movie on. Sometimes we just pull out the get the old school games. You know, um, what do you call that? Uh, what's the joint? Uh, around the chairs. What's that? Uh, hot seat. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, we just play games, have snacks, have food, pizza. Let the parents go out and be a couple. Because at one point they were pretty cool. So drop little Joey off and go hold hands somewhere other than oh, going to the grocery store. <laughs> I know that's right. And the parents love that, right? So then, and then on Spooktacular, we this is our. We'll try to get back to that this year. That's our. That's our main event, and we all dress up. And what we usually do, we the whole dojo is is hope totally reinvented. We have all the spooky stuff out, and it's all decorated. We have Halloween games, and we have. Um, a big parade and then we have um we get parents to volunteer and we have a trick or trunk and i usually oh, rent man. a bouncy house and put that out in the back and that is our thing and that is that's you so we're not gonna wait for halloween to do spooktacular this year we're doing spooktacular this summer okay come on. Spooktacular in july come on come on yeah so, sweaty you know, and, and dressed up and that's you know and these are just this is just I want I want a community thing. I want us yes. to feel good about ourselves, grow as a family, grow as a unit, and this really is family to a lot of to a lot of people. This this truly is a a family atmosphere, and I cherish that. You know, I hug the parents, I hug the dads, I hug the moms. We we're huggers around here. It is what it is. A lot of dojos, you're not going to get that. You're just going to collect the money and then get on the mm -hmm. mat. Yeah. 
Wow. You know, and I'll say it like this. You know, there's a white, you know, they can go to a white institution or uh, uh, owned by an Asian American institution, but they're not going to talk to them the same way that I'm going to talk mm -mm. to little oh, no. Raheem. Oh, no. You oh, know no. what I mean? Oh, no. And guess what? Right. The white kids and the Hispanic kids, they're learning authority from another from a black man. Hey, yep. take authority because it's coming. Right. <laughs> it's coming. Right. I love your passion about um, just being a good representation of African-Americans. And that was kind of one of the reasons why we started this podcast, because we wanted to um, just shine light on the different businesses that are out there that's really doing it for real and really representing our community in the best way they know how to. And I just want to kind of exactly. commend you for um, for um, being one of those beacons in the area. Hey, I appreciate you. I love it. You know, everybody, you know, everybody knows Sensei Gary. I'm not saying that it's just, it is what it is. Like, I'll see, oh, I was a student of his when, you know, when I was in the eighth grade. And now, like, I got a, I got a student who's now 14, but I, I knew his, I knew her mom when she was, um, like 20, you mm -hmm. know, or, or 17. I don't know, whenever, when she was a teenager and was carrying her, she's my student now. She's one of my black belts. I love this child. Nice, nice. I love so, these children, man. So I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm very blessed in what I do, and I take it very seriously, but not too serious. I just take it enough so that hey, let's learn, let's grow, let's develop, but let's have fun too. Yes. Because if they're not having fun, who That's wants right. to be here? Who That's wants right. to be around when you ain't having fun? What? That's I want right. to have fun. Mm -hmm. If I ain't having fun, we ain't doing a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just telling Deveshi that I hope that uh, Vanguard Karate is around for many, many years. I need about 10 more years. I'm just kidding. Hey. So I can send my kids there um, because they need to meet Sensei Gary. So um, prayers that you are around for a very long time and that Vanguard Karate is around for a very long time. I'm in Durham, but I would drive to Clayton for your services. That's so. right. Come get some of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sensei Gary, we wanted to know, we asked this question a lot on our podcast, and we want to know, you have a lot of energy, you're a lot of fun to be around, you know, but what, what do you support into yourself? Is there a book you read? Is there music that you listen to? Is there a podcast you listen to? You know, what do you do to kind of like re-energize yourself so that you're ready to go for these kids the next day? Yeah, well, I, read, I do a lot of reading. I read, you know, I have a you know, it's pretty vast. Um, I've been collecting, I know I'm, I'm mostly into obviously our culture. So I read a lot of uh, nonfiction. I read, I do enjoy fiction. Um, I do audible books, some of the podcasts that I listen to. I do listen to some motivational podcasts. I just keep it moving in that regard. Um, more than anything, I just like to make sure that I'm on top of myself culturally because everything is Everything is culture. Black history is 365. Yes, um, Kwanzaa is 365. You know, we're right now practicing what? Cooperative economics. We're also co uh, pr practicing uh, co uh, collective work and responsibility. We're also practicing Ujima. We're practicing Kujichagalia, self-determination. We're practicing Nia, faith. We're practicing, we're doing it all. And a lot of times we don't even know that they're, we're doing these things, but they're built into our system. So if we can tune into that kind of stuff, that kind of energy, man, we're on fire. Yes. Listen, yes. absolutely on fire. So uh, since like, this is going to be the last question that we asked, okay. I actually want, I want you to do two things. Number one, 
What are your thoughts on the importance of visibility of Black-owned businesses? And then number two, can you speak a word of encouragement to those who may be already in business or thinking about going into business themselves as a Black-owned business? Okay, so I'll take the latter one first. Uh, the encouragement. I say stay forthright. Stay focused. Practice. Work on your craft. Work on your presentation. Work on those things that will get you better. See, like I said, work, put in the work. We all have wonderful ideas, yes. but we have to put that background yes. work in. It's that background work. Everybody can make some lovely cupcakes or the chicken is awesome over here. But how do we present that? How can we mm. do those things? So my thing is reach out for resources, talk to people, conduct yourself properly. You know what I mean? Handle your business in a manner, in a professional manner. Be yeah. professional. And if yeah. you can't be professional, find somebody to help you be damn professional. Exactly. So you can figure it out. Yeah. God yeah. knows. So anyway, you know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, understanding that. And then your other question was, Dan, I forgot that. What was the first one? What are your thoughts on the importance of visibility oh, of the black owned business? Okay. It's huge. It's huge because we're fighting, we're fighting a name brand. We're fighting um, uh, other businesses that have greater resources than we do. We have wonderful ideas, but a lot of times we don't have the resources or the money to put ourselves out there. So we have to do all of those things. We have to utilize social media. We have to use, utilize all aspects of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, conversations, going one-on-one -on -one and speaking up to people. You have to speak and get in front of people. A closed mouth doesn't get fed. That's Amen. an African proverb. So you got to say it. I have no idea what you're doing unless you come up here and tell me what you're doing. Right. That's right. But when you come up here and tell me what you're doing, please come correctly and professionally. Yes, sir. Amen. We, you know, we're not selling out the backseat of our cars anymore. Let's get mm -hmm. after it. Get after it. Let's I love do it. it. So, ladies and gentlemen, clap it up again for Sensei Gary. <laughs> Listen, this was amazing. Amazing. Like, you blew it out the water. Honestly. <laughs> you know, this is what I do. So, look, go to uh, Instagram, Vanguard Karate 849, or Facebook, Vanguard Karate, or VanguardKarate.club. There's information on there. There's pictures. There's reviews. I'm doing it all. Why? Because I can't. <laughs> Why? Because I can. Love that. And we're just gonna right. we're gonna, we gonna stick a fork in it and call this podcast done. done. Thank you hey. so hey. much, Love sir. You guys. Thank you Love very you much. Too.